a blessing. We'll be in Psalm 38, but I, I was just thinking about what Mel was just testifying about. You know, some there are some prayer requests that are mentioned so many times that when that person's not there on a Wednesday night, we know what it is. We can just say it. And uh, when one that's been mentioned that many times gets answered, that's exciting. I don't know about... Uh, you know, every answered prayer is exciting, but ones like that are really exciting because I feel like we've all almost invested in it. You know, we've all been praying. Uh, but then that uh, what that should do is that should energize you with your prayer requests that you've got. That thing that you uh, I'm telling you what we we've prayed for some people for a long, long time. And some of them are sitting in here. Praise God. Right. And, and you think about that. If we can see God move after that long, I don't give up in praying. Don't you give up today, and I, I'm thankful for that, and I, I'm also thankful for uh, what God is doing. I can just see Him moving uh, in so many lives, and that's a blessing. Uh, I hope He's moving in your life as well. I hope you can see that, you know, not, not as something to brag about, but I, I hope you can see that the Holy Spirit's working in your life as well, because He, he needs to be. Uh, but like I said, we'll be in Psalm 38. It's going to take me a little bit to get there in the message, but that's where we're going to camp out for a little while. But uh, uh, I am thankful for God's word, as I say over and over again. And uh, we're going to look in the life of David for a little bit this morning. Uh, but I, I tell you what, if you, um, th this Bible is, it is, it is amazing. And you think about the prayer that we've got, the access that we've got to God and his word revealed to us in our language that we can understand. Those two things right there are more precious than anything this world can offer. And I'm thankful for that. So let's start out with prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, being with us today. We thank you for answering prayers. We thank you for, uh, you know, being able to worship you. And now is the time where we continue our worship just with opening up your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help me today. Fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you'd guard my tongue, but not just me, that you'd open up each one of our ears and our hearts today for what your word has. I, I believe it has a specific purpose for each one today. And Lord, I'm asking you to do what you do over and over again, and that's to, uh, to work on us. Lord, teach us today. And Lord, if there's any lost, I pray that today would be the day that they'd come to know you as their Savior. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, and amen. amen. So David, uh, he was made king of Judah first. Uh, remember, there's the, the kingdom was split for most of the time. You've got Israel in the north, Judah in the south. And uh, King David starts reigning in the south in Judah for seven and a half years before he becomes king of both Israel and Judah together. So then that happens. He captures Jerusalem. Uh, there he sets up a house or a palace for himself there in Jerusalem. Uh, so the Lord is really starting to bless him uh, and just to get a give us context for Psalm 38 uh, we are we've got to go through some of these things but 2nd Samuel 5 12 and 13 says this and David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the people Israel's sake and David took him more concubines and wives out of Jerusalem after he was come from Hebron and there were yet sons and daughters born to David so remember 
remember, if you think about David's life, he had been run on the run from King Saul for 12 years, uh, and now he is king over Israel and Judah. So he is now rightfully king. 20 years this takes place after he was anointed by Samuel. So it was a long time before God fulfilled that promise entirely. And he's got a lot of promises that are yet unfulfilled to us. But guess what? Time doesn't mean anything to God. He is much more long-suffering and patient than we are. So uh, don't fret. He will fulfill every promise. So David, in getting to this point, he had to fight. He had to run. He had to persevere. And now he's getting to a period of blessings and peace, right? We've seen this before, right? We've seen where uh, a, a man, a child of God has gone through a lot of hardship. And then finally, they kind of hit that point of victory, right? They, they hit that point of fulfilled promises and everything else. That's where David was at at this point. And in this period of peace and blessings, from the Lord, he chooses to take more wives and concubines. And by the time we got to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 3, he already had seven. So there were seven listed there. Uh, so now he's taking even more. But here's something I want us to think about. About 450 years before Israel had their first king, the Lord gave instructions to kings uh, in Deuteronomy 17. He said, I want that king to come from among you, not a stranger. I don't want the king to multiply horses. And then 1717 says this, neither shall he multiply wives to himself that his heart turn away. And I don't know why David, what his mindset was when he decided he's going to disobey God. When God said, don't you multiply wives. And clearly that's what he was doing. But God promised in Deuteronomy, he said, you do that and they will turn your heart away from me. That's what he said. But you know, it's confusing sometimes with the Bible and confusing in our life when we see in our life and other people's lives is that David disobeyed the Lord, right? He disobeyed the Lord when he took these extra wives, but the Lord still blessed him. And that's confusing, isn't it? We want an easy one to one. But here's the thing. God made promises to David and to the children of Israel. He promised he would be king. Uh, he promised uh, uh, that uh, he, his, his reign would be forever. He promised different things. And he also promised through the scripture that if you take multiple wives, they're going to lead your heart away from me. So here's the problem. We've got a lot of promises intertwined, don't we? Makes it a little trickier than just a one-to-one. -one. Uh, but So here's the thing that you realize here, uh, that just because you're not seeing the immediate effects of your sin doesn't mean God doesn't see it, right? Same thing with David. Just because David didn't feel the immediate wrath from God from doing something doesn't mean God didn't know what was going on. And so the problem is, I believe that he started getting desensitized to this, right? He started, uh, you know, he knew uh, Deuteronomy 17, 17. He knew that. But then as he started each wife that he takes after that, he is just becoming a little more desensitized. See, at first he probably felt guilty about it, but then it gets to the point where he doesn't anymore. And then the problem is, you get all the way to uh, uh, to Second Samuel there in uh, chapter eleven, and then David. Remember, he stays home from battle, right? You remember that story. He rises up in the evening. He goes to the roof of his house, and he sees a woman washing herself that night. 
He asked, uh, he sent messengers to go figure out who it was, or he asked them who, who she was. They said, that's Bathsheba. She's married to Uriah, which happened to be one of David's mighty men. And uh, remember, Uriah was out with the armies out in battle where David was supposed to be. And instead of fleeing the temptation, when he found out that she was married already, he had her brought to the palace and that led to a child. And then that led to, uh, he tried to trick Uriah. That didn't work. So he had Uriah killed on the front line uh, of battle. Uh, And uh, so, you know, Uriah's dead. Uh, Now David can marry her. Uh, She's pregnant. All is well. Everything's great. We know that's wrong, right? It seemed great. If you would have asked David, he would have said it's great. But you know, a lot of times when I preach that story or taught it, I keyed in on the the starting. It says, and at the time when kings go forth to battle, David tarried still at Jerusalem. And I pointed out, that's what got David into trouble. But I realized that's not what got David into trouble. See, here's the thing. Yes, if he... If he wouldn't have been, if he would have been in battle, he wouldn't have been at Jerusalem. He wouldn't have been on the roof. He wouldn't have seen her. Yes, I get that. But he was still looking for wives, right? He was still on the lookout. So he would have been in battle and conquering cities and still been on the lookout. Okay, does that make sense to you? Yes, he wouldn't have seen Bathsheba that night. He would have seen somebody else. Because that's what he was. That's where his eyes were. That's where his lust was driven. And uh, uh, here's the thing: he he does all of these things. He disobeys, and God doesn't immediately, you know, strike him down or anything else. He allows some time to pass. And this is where we get to Psalm 38. And I'm going to read just the first couple verses. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. So we see right here, this psalm is that period of time between when he's, David's got that unconfessed, uh, open sin, and then when he deals with it later uh, with the visit of Nathan and he deals with it from God. This psalm is the period in between. And guess what? This psalm applies to us in any of those periods too. Just because you uh, have hidden the sin from everyone else, you're not hiding it from God. And when he deals with us with these different things, we need to act on it. Because when we delay, Psalm 38 comes into play. See, he knows at the beginning, O Lord, uh, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Uh, David knew that the Lord was not happy. He was displeased. He was not happy with the way that David was living. And it was bringing wrath. David was calling it that, but not a judgmental wrath. He was really bringing chastisement. And that's what he was feeling in verse 2. What's he say? Thy arrows stick fast in me. Thy hand presseth me sore. He's saying the Lord, he's saying, I am feeling the pressure and the pain of this sin. I am feeling it not from the sin itself, but what's he saying? He's saying, oh, Lord, for thine arrows stick fast to me and thy hand presseth me sore. I can feel your hand on me. You know, the Lord chastens us at times when he needs to get our attention. 
when he needs to get us to redirect ourselves. And that is what we're seeing right there. This is a child of God feeling the pain from disobeying the Lord. But you know what? It's a good thing that David realized he was sinning. I think he went for, through a period of just uh, trying to ignore it, maybe even talking himself out of it and excusing it himself. But he realized what he was doing was evil in the sight of the Lord. And now he's enduring the consequences of his sins. And I think at this point, David's getting closer to forgiveness. Do you realize if you don't admit you're a sinner, if you don't admit your sin, you cannot find forgiveness of sins because you don't need it. Right? right? Jesus came to save sinners. And he'll save you too, but you've got to admit you're a sinner to him. But I think he's getting closer to that. But keep going. Verse 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. And that soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. That means a little differently. That soundness means entire. So he is saying, David is saying my entire. There's nothing in my entire flesh uh, really that feels good. There's not a single part of my body that hasn't been affected by the consequences of my sin. And that's true, isn't it? It affects our bodies. It affects our flesh. That's what he's saying. Neither is there rest, any rest in my bones because of my sin. And here's the problem. The devil, he glorifies the pleasure part of the sin, right? There's, there is pleasure in sin for a season. Right. But then that pleasure ends and you're, you're left with the consequences after that. And that's what the devil never brings that part up. He brings up the fun part, the glorified part, the part that the part that feels good. And he never brings up the consequences. Or if he talks about it, he always minimizes the consequences. He says it'll be fun. Who's going to know? You're not going to get caught. You deserve it, right? That's what he's telling David. I bet you deserve it. You're king. Why should anything be withheld from you? Right? You want her, you take her. What's one more wife? You deserve the best. But then keep going. Verse four. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. David just told us in the, in, in the verses before this that his sin was taking a toll on his physical body. And now in verse 4, it's taking a toll on his mind. That's what we're starting to see right there. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. That brief moment of pleasure, that that brief moment uh, of, of satisfaction that led to deception and adultery and murder destroyed David's testimony, whether he wanted to admit it or not. That's all people talk about is that part. The man after God's own heart who had slain the giant and everything else. You ask somebody the first thing that comes to your mind about David, they say this story. Yeah. Same thing would happen to you and I. Now we can find forgiveness from the Lord. If we seek it, but this world, you'll have a different view. They'll look at you differently after that. So here, this, all of this happened. And really what he thought was done in secret, everyone knew what had happened. Because the same messengers he sent to go fetch her would have told people. And remember, Joab in the field, they got the letter that was a secret, right, of what to do with Uriah. He knew the truth and, and no doubt word spread. They could see they knew uh, she was Uriah's wife. And now magically she's at the palace and they could put two and two together. But Uriah's dead. 
And Bathsheba was in mourning. David fetches her after that period of mourning. He marries her. She bears a son uh, and everything seems great. But 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven says this at the end of the chapter. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Yes. Everything was going good for David, right? He had a new wife. He had what he wanted. Nothing was spared from him. Uriah's out of the picture. He's got a son, God's blessing, and everything else. But he's saying, hey, I was carrying a heavy load of guilt in my mind. I didn't want to admit it, but my mind was burdened. And you realize our society's trying really hard right now, if you haven't noticed, to get everybody to accept their sin. Right? That's what they want. They don't, they don't want us to be neutral. They want us to accept everything that they're doing is okay. Don't they? Why? Have you ever, why do they want that? Because whether they want to admit it or not, sin brings guilt. We're wired that way. God designed us that way. So they're trying as hard as they can to overcome that. And even if we don't agree with it, what else? They're struggling in their own minds. You have open, unconfessed sin as a Christian, or you are a lost person and you're living in sin either way, your mind will be in turmoil whether you want to admit it or not. And it may come out different ways. It may come out with yelling and arguing. It may come out with fighting. It may come out with uh, language. It may come out with something or whatever, but it will come out. Your mind is in trouble. David said that. I had a mind, he had a burden on his mind he couldn't even carry. Guess what? You can't carry it either. If David couldn't, none of us could, right? No, nobody could. The heavy burden was too heavy for him. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to have sin without consequences. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Right. Never has, never will. Here's the problem. The church, Christians are trying to do the same thing. Let me just hide it. Let me just keep it a secret and I'll be all right. I am telling you, you can you can hide it from everybody. You'll never hide it from God. And if you truly look at your mind, it's not hidden at all. Your mind and your body are taking a toll, whether you want to admit it or not. Sin has consequences and we cannot act like the world and act like it doesn't. Here the Bible's telling us multiple places, not just here, that sin causes both physical and mental pain. And you think about this. It makes sense because when Jesus died for our sins, he hung on the cross, right? He died. Uh, the, the sins of the world were placed on Jesus. He was sinless. He never committed sin. No guy on his mouth. Uh, he, all of our sin was placed on him for the whole world. And, uh, and he, as it was there, he is being tortured, right? It's a, you know, when you look at the cross, physically, he's being tortured uh, and, and physical pain and everything else. But mentally, he cried out, my God, my God. God, why hast thou forsaken me? The cross wasn't just physical pain. It was mental pain for Jesus as well. It was. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross. He endured the pain, the beating, the crucifixion which was physical suffering, but he also was despising the shame, the shame of sin that was laid on him that he never committed. He mentally suffered. 
Now look down Psalm 38, 8. I didn't read this, but it says, I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. He's saying my heart, which in the in the Bible, in the King James heart means your mind, your feelings. Uh, he said it roared by reason and disquietness. He said my mind was full of turmoil and there was no peace because of this sin. And finally, he's admitting it to himself and admitting it to God. Now, I will say this. Not every mental problem is because of sin. It's not that easy. Not every mental issue is because of sin. But I will say this. If you are struggling with depression, the first place you need to look is, is there sin causing it? Because that's actually a good thing. You should not feel good sinning. Amen? That's dangerous. If you feel great sinning, you are thumbing your nose to God, and He hates sin, you're an enemy to Him. That's right. But if you're a child of his, it shouldn't feel any good. Like I said, there might be pleasure in it for, from time to time. But that should not feel good. And if that's leading you into a dark place, you're thinking, man, I need to get rid of this depression. No, you need to get rid of the sin. Yeah. And the mind will take care of itself. Amen. Amen? Here's the thing. And here, here's a Christian. Because here's the problem as a Christian If we bring up a mental issue to a doctor, a therapist, or a psychologist, if they are lost, or if they're a Christian and aren't allowed to talk about things of the Bible, they're not going to bring up sin either. You go to your doctor, most likely they're not going to say, oh, well, that sounds like a sin problem. Right? But we'll go to them before we'll go to God's word. Hmm. You got to take care of that. Because here David was saying, hey, my mental and physical anguish anguish was solely because I was sinning against God. I was in rebellion with him. But you know what? He got to the point where now he's done. I'm done feeling that way. I'm done with this. I, uh, the Lord, it feels like you're far from me. I feel like I'm empty because of this hidden sin. I, I, you know, the great psalmist of Israel, you know, he sang, I try singing a song, but it's fake and it's empty, right? I come in and worship, but it doesn't feel the same. That's what David would have said. And that's the same thing that could happen to us. We can go in here and go through the motions, but deep down, you know that God's not pleased with it. And he said, I'm tired of it. So what did he do? That's where you get to Psalm 51. I'm not going to read it all, but this is a this is a great other psalm that kind of corresponds with this one. Psalm 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me uh, against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He didn't blame his enemies. He didn't blame Bathsheba that night. He didn't blame his messengers for not listening to him or giving him different counsel. Uh, He didn't blame uh, Joab for, uh, for not obeying the letter. He said, I have sinned. It's my fault. I did it. I'm the one. And he said, God, when you judge that, you are right in judging that sin. Hmm. That's what he's saying right there. Let me tell you what. You want forgiveness from Jesus Christ? You've got to drop the blame game. 
you got to quit blaming everybody else and just admit that it was you. That you, we did it. Admit you're a sinner and that you've sinned against him. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, it in, you think God took pleasure in making David's life miserable? No, he didn't. Taking away his peace of mind, hitting him with those physical ailments and everything else. But God said, I am willing to make him go through that period to wake him up. And guess what? He's willing to do that for you too if you're a child of his. He is willing. Guess what? He'll wait longer than you will. Right? He'll keep it going. All right? Let's keep, I, I don't have I, my mind. I, it's in turmoil and everything else. I just want peace, Lord. I just want peace. And he's waiting. He says, you know what I want to hear from you? Repentance. Yeah. And coming to me and asking for forgiveness. That's what I want. A change. That's what he wants. You got to admit, you're a sinner and you've sinned. But guess what? Once you've done that. Well, first, if you don't, uh, 1 John 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We don't deceive God. We deceive ourselves. We don't deceive anyone around us. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You come to God and you humble yourself. You admit that you've sinned. You admit that you're going down the wrong path. What he already knows and you just admit it that it's your fault and you ask him to forgiveness. Uh, he will not only forgive you the sins that you bring to him. It says he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Even the sins you've forgotten. Amen. He'll forgive you those two. Praise God. You confess it to him. You put your sins. Where do we put them? Uh, we trust that Jesus Christ took it to the cross. He died. He was buried and on the third day he rose from the grave victoriously in payment for that sin. Hey, he wouldn't have rose from the dead if the Lord didn't accept that sacrifice. That's where you need to put it today. But I was thinking about this, this whole story. You think about where David was and what happened. And he was in that period of struggling. And then he got to the period of forgiveness. Uh, and, and I thought about that whole picture today. And, and I was thinking, you know, we read that story of David. And a lot of times we're like, well, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't murdered anyone. Right. I'm good. Right. Everything's great. But guess what? Before 2 Samuel chapter 11, neither had David. Right. Neither had David. He hadn't done those things either before he did them. God was blessing him. He was the king, both the northern and southern, Israel and Judah. He was the king of the whole, the whole thing. But he was in disobedience. Go back to Deuteronomy 17, 17. Neither shall we multiply wives to himself that his heart turn not away. He was willing to follow God in so many ways when others weren't, right? He was willing to praise God. He was willing to, you know, uh, be obedient when the Lord gave him those psalms and wrote them down. And he was uh, willing to judge and righteousness and everything else. But that one verse, he wasn't willing to follow, right? right. That one verse. And that led him trouble the rest of his life. Yeah. That one he wasn't willing to obey. And that lust for women had him multiplying wives and everything else, uh, which led to him taking that one by deception and death. And I thought about this. If David had married one wife and had been faithful to her, I think it would have been easier for him to flee the temptation, even if he stayed home for battle when he shouldn't have. Right? It had been easier because he wasn't wife collecting. But it's easy to pick on David, isn't it? 
It made me think. David's problem was Deuteronomy 17, 17. What's our verse? We're not willing to follow. We're willing to follow so much of this Bible, right? So much of the scripture. What are we not willing to? Lord, I'll do all of them except that one. What's the one sentence, literally, in all of God's word that he was not willing to obey? What do we have? Because for David, it led to disaster later. Guess what could happen to you and I? To lead to disaster later. Same thing. I believe David wished and everything within him, he could undo that. He could do that day over again. He could be off in battle and everything else. And we've got days like that we wish we could do over again. Things in our life. Man, I, I, I really messed up. And for that, we can ask forgiveness. And he'll forgive us, right? But what about the thing right now that we're just saying, you know what? I'm not doing that. Maybe we don't literally say that to God, but with our actions. We make excuses. We do whatever. And we say, no, not that, Lord. I'll do everything else. You know what David wants to tell us today? Every single thing is important. Everything. Paid dearly because of this. Not just in that instance. The child died later, right? But not even just that. Think of all the problems with the different children from the different wives that David had to go through after that. Nothing but problems. What did God say? You do that, there's going to be trouble. They're going to pull your heart in different directions away from me. What's the warning God has for us? And we're just not willing to. What's our Deuteronomy 17, 17? What's that one thing? You know what it is? Holy Spirit's probably dealt with you multiple times before. What is it? Because today's the day we need to just turn that over and say, you know what? I need to start following that today. But guess what? It's going to be the hardest one. It's easy to follow some of the other stuff, right? If, if you are not, listen, if you're like me, I've never even tasted alcohol, right? So it doesn't, it, there's no pull for me. I, I'm not, you know, there's no memory of it. There's no uh, previous addiction of it or anything like that. So it doesn't even pull for me. But that, not everything's like that, right? What's the thing? just struggle with it. You got to turn over. You can't just hide it. You can't just ignore it. You can't just say, excuse it or anything else. That thing, I think we need to take to the Lord today and say, Lord, I'm going to need your help because I know this is wrong and I'm tired of living day after day with this. That's what we need to do. I want revival, don't you? Amen. I want to be closer to God, don't you? Yes. Well, he's pointing something out and he's saying, this is the next thing. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. You know what it is.